right. All right, you ready for the word of God tonight? All right, tonight we have two speakers that are going to minister to us. Tonight, one of them you know, one of them you do not know. We're going to deal with the one you know first, being a female. So we have ladies first. That's the policy we're going to go with tonight. And so I want you to please welcome uh, to uh, the podium and receive her with a warm uh, hallelujah, God bless you, uh, Sister Angela Wayne. Please receive her as she comes to minister. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Move that back. Oh, Father, I just come before you, Lord, a willing vessel, ready to be used by you. Hallelujah. Ready for your power to flow through me, Father. Hallelujah, Lord, that you're able to get across the thing that you desire today. The thing that you have spoken about, the things that you want us to do the, so that we can understand where we're going, Father. So that we can understand that there is nothing stopping us but ourselves. Father, I just bless your name, Father. And I ask, Father, that as I speak, Father, you put visions inside of everyone that shows the very area that they need to be touched in. I ask in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get it where I don't breathe in it, so forgive me. So one night I was... I was ready to let Calgon take me away and I went into my quiet place. <laughs> and as I was there, I had my little phone and I was ready, set, let's go. And Jesus came in and started to talk. And three hours later, I was allowed to leave. <laughs> it was quiet in the restroom. My whole household was sleeping. And he wanted, he said some things. If you all don't mind turning with me to John 17, verses 14 through 16, New King James. And it reads, I have given them, excuse, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Mm -hmm. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Hallelujah. And the next scripture I want to go to is Psalms 118, mm -hmm. uh, verse 22. It says, the stone which the builders rejected has become mm -hmm. the chief cornerstone. And he said to me these words, he said to Angela, my people are trying to fit in with the world. He said, but you're not in the world. I mean, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. He said, the problem is the reason why I'm not getting enough things done in the earth realm is because you're worried about the world. You're worried about fitting in. You're worried about what they're going to say about you, but you're already rejected. He said, the day you accepted me as Lord and Savior, you became in me. You, you, like Pastor Kim said, when she said that on Sunday, see Jesus as a place. You went in a place of rejection. 
you went into the place just like the chief cornerstone. He is rejected. That's fine. We're rejected too. We're in him. He said once Jesus got to the point and learned that, okay, people are fickle. People will do and they will say one thing. They'll be your friend one second and next thing you know, they can't stand you because guess what? They're dealing with rejection too. They, they might love you. They might, they might adore you, but because they're concerned because they don't like you, they're, they're going to pretend or follow the crowd. But he says, too many times have I looked in the crowd and I've seen my people mixed up in that crowd and he said that can't be that cannot be anymore he said I knew that I was rejected and instead of letting rejection ride me I jumped on rejection that's right. and I wrote it he said I got on rejection and that's why I was able to say what the father said I was able to say you 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 serpents I was able to say whatever I needed to say because I realized I I'm already rejected. What I got to lose? What I got to lose? The Lord said, no, I need you to get just like me. He said, oh, he was talking. He cut me through and through. So a few years ago, Pastor challenged us. He said, I want y'all to go practice. He said, I want y'all to practice laying on hands on people. He says, I want you to go through and every time the Lord, you see somebody, can I pray for you? And he's my man of God. And I worked in Sarasota in a nursing home. Every person that turned the corner was an opportunity to lay hands. So I always walked into a job with the mindset of, of, of Lord, what are we here for? Who are we trying to get saved? Who are we trying to lay hands on? What are we here for? And he would always show me. Now, everybody wasn't my assignment. So I understood that. But there was this young lady there that worked there. And I was just talking to her. And she told me, she says, I've been bleeding for 12 years. I said, okay. I was moved by that. Because I knew what the word said about the woman in the, with the issue of blood. So I went home and I began to pray about it. I'm like, Lord, okay, what do we do? What do we do? Because I can't do it without you. So what are we going to do? In the middle of the night, a dream came to me. And I was laying hands on her. And it, he said, command the fountain to dry up. Mm-hmm. I woke up. It was 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, people who know me know I am not a morning person. I jumped on the road at 6 o'clock in the morning flying to Sarasota. When I got there, she was the only one in the building. My God. I came over to her. I laid hands on her. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, fountain, dry up. I was practicing. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, my God, why is your hand so hot? What, what is going on? She said, let me feel it. Well, of course, when she touched it the second time, it wasn't there. It, was, it did what it was supposed right. to do, right. and it was gone. So she didn't say anything about it to me. I didn't question her. So she came crying to my office about two weeks later. And I said, okay, hey, what's up? She said, the doctor told me I'm going to die. I said, what? What? She said, he said that my liver has failing. It's, it's, it's failing, and I'm going to die within a certain amount of time. I said, so you're bleeding, and you have a liver issue. She said, oh, no, three days after you laid hands on me, that stopped. 
she said it so casually girl you've been bleeding for 12 years and you want to say it casually that three days ago after you did it it stopped and I've never seen it again now after she left I had a praise party right in my office close the door and let me go ahead and leap for joy because my man of God told me to practice and I'm seeing it work out I'm seeing him move I'm seeing him change so right after I did the praise party I got mad I said Lord I know good and well you didn't have me to lay hands on her she be healed of bleeding only for her to die of a liver I was hot and I probably went to God hot and he responded to me he says she has unforgiveness in her and I was like whoa so again, I jumped on the highway, beeline, made it 45 minutes to my job, and I said, Maria, scratch that, forgive me, because I was mad. I was mad with her. She, I said, God says you have unforgiveness, and she broke down and started screaming and crying. I said, whoever it is, you forgive them now and receive the healing of the Lord. She called her sister in the Philippines, who she had not talked talk to in years over something dumb, went back to the doctor's office and oh, we don't know what happened, but your liver is fine. Was elated. I was excited. I was excited. So guess what happened after that? Every person that I thought I need to lay hands on, you look like you limping just a little. No, I got a sand spurl. No, I'm gonna lay hands on you. I started laying hands on everybody. But the Spirit of the Lord told me these words. He said, Rejection comes to tame, maim, and mute the body of Christ. I said, what do you mean? I said, don't you mean shame? He said, no. He said, tame. Now, I told you about all the little things I was doing, and I was seeing people healed daily at a nursing home. People getting up, leaving nursing homes. So now this nursing home closed down. I walked into the new nursing home. Lord, what are we here for? What are we going to do? So... There was this little lady, and she was like, oh, my knee, my knee, my knee. So I, remember I'm practicing still. It's been a year and some change. I'm still practicing. I'm like, I walk over to her. I say, your knee is hurting? And she was like, my knee, my knee. So I laid hands. I said, in the name of Jesus' knee, be healed. So I walked onto my meeting. I came back and she was sitting up and she was chilling. I said, how was your knee? She said, fatty, fatty, big fat fanny, stay away from me. Give me 50 feet. Give me 50 feet. By this time, everybody in the nursing home was looking at me. And she was like screaming, give me 50 feet. Give me 50 feet. And she kept singing it. Fatty, fatty, big fat fatty, stay away from me. Oh. 
When I tell you I church fingered my way to my office, and from that moment till Jesus began to speak to me the other night, I backed off of everything. He said, rejection comes to tame the body of Christ. And I was like, whoa. He said to me, yeah. He said, you were doing great exploits in me. Might be small to my little area, but one person affects the whole thing. I was doing it in Christ. What he wanted me to do, and I was doing it with no fear because I saw what he was doing. Then all of a sudden, here comes this demon because that's what it was. It began, it, it knew the power of God just touched the woman because I'm called to lay hands. And when I do it, God's power is available to heal. And she wasn't all the way in her right mind to say, no, I don't want your healing. So the demon that was in her caused a straight ruckus. And I ran. He said it comes to tame, maim, and mute the body of Christ. It says it muted me. Now I was concerned about going up to somebody. And we've all been in a situation where we're in a mall, we're in a grocery store, and God says, I need you to go pray for them. Now, a pastor can say it right here in these four walls, and we come on, and we will lay hands because this is our comfort place. But God said no. No, you just heard the man of God said healing is already. So all we have to do is really get it in our mindset that I'm healed. I am the healed. I am, let the sick say I am healed. And we can, we can, we can stop all the laying hands on in here. People that come in, yeah, we can lay hands on them. But he wants us outside these doors laying hands on everybody, declaring the the reason why pastor is going over these divine nine but he says where I'm taking you I got to get rejection out of you the fear of it out of you because if I get you up there yeah I heard you dad when I get you up there and you're rich and you're wealthy and then they come over and say well how do you feel about homosexuality we see many stars. They done, they done tweeted something. And next thing you know, they recanted. That's right. No, the word didn't change. Regardless if they want to receive it or not, the word didn't change. You didn't make me rich. You didn't get me here. I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. But see, if we're dealing with rejection, the fear of rejection the next thing you know, you uh, 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 uh. right, right, right. Fear of rejection. Let's Genesis, Genesis chapter three, verse twelve. You see, Adam. We know Adam. He ate the fruit. But Adam, before that, it said Eve ate the fruit and she presented it to her husband. And he ate it. Now, when he ate that fruit, he knew good and well that the Lord said, do not eat 
the fruit. But he wanted to people please Eve. He was fearful of her rejecting. And the Lord said the very person you're trying to people please is usually the one you end up offended by. So when he said that you knew that he was offended because as soon as the Lord came up he said Lord the woman whom you gave me she gave me the tree and I ate. He called her out. The very person. The very person. But he was originally the reason why he ate that fruit is he wanted to please her. But in actuality you needed to say no you know what God said. We are not eating of it. He said, fear of rejection and people pleasing pushes you away from your promise. It gets you straight out of it. Yes, Dad. Turn to Galatians 1.10 NIV, please, media. He was saying all of these things to me because I realized that I was walking in complete fear of rejection coming in here prophesying and everything, but what was in me was rejection. I'll go up to Pastor John and Pastor Kim and say some of the dumbest stuff. I'll get home and I'll be like, oh God, why did I say that? What in the world? And I'm like, oh my God, you don't even feel that way. Why did you say, having whole conversations? But it was rejection because I wanted them to accept me. But the moment I got inside Christ Jesus, you are accepted in the beloved. So I don't have to put this this expectation on them because I'm already accepted in beloved. He is the highest expectation. Acceptance. You've already been accepted, so there's no reason for you to even be looking for acceptance in the body of Christ. And most definitely not in the world. I was saying Galatians 1 and 10. It says, I am not, I am now trying to, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or God or of God? Or am I trying to people please? If I were still trying to people please, I would not be a servant of Christ. So people pleasing takes you right out of Christ. It takes you right out of serving him the right way. It takes you, it perverts your way. So God sat me down. I said, okay, dad, I'm going to be quiet. He said, yeah, you are. And he began to deal with this issue in me. Because what happens is is when you're young, whether it's a relationship of marriage, uh, your childhood, this spirit comes along and tries to make you intimidated with this rejection. And then all of a sudden, because you don't like the way rejection feels, you try to please everybody. Can I please you? What can I do? So you find yourself running. I remember a pastor called me and he asked me, go back there and pray with Pastor Kim. And that was, he just spoke about it not too long. I jumped up running so fast, I almost fell. Couldn't even pray right because I was distracted about, did you almost fall in the middle of the aisle? Yeah, because it would have messed up everything. I was, I was struggling back there. But people, please, all I had to do was say, yes, sir, and get up and move. And the Lord says, I got to get you all to the point where you're not ripping and running because in actuality, it's toiling. 
And nothing we do, we're not called to toil in any area of our lives. Not one area. When you're trying to bleed, yes, Dad, I heard you. That's a good one, Dad. I want to read this one, but it's amplified, but it's new amplified, and they don't have it back there. It's John 2, uh, 23 through 25. It says, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, many believed in his name, identifying themselves with him after seeing his signs, attesting miracles, which he was doing. But, Je- but Jesus, for he for his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people and understood their superficiality and fickleness of human nature. When you start going down and looking for people to accept you, you're going to be on a roller coaster. You're going to, I enjoy roller coasters, the physical one, but there was one that I jumped on at Bush Gardens thinking this is the ride. Shikra. Shikra got me up there. It tilted and it paused. And I was able to see how far I was going to fall. And then there was a point, you know, everybody looking for the, the whoosh. But when I was expecting the whoosh in my body, it kept falling. People will do you just like that. One second they're with you and you riding along and next thing you know, boom, boom. Did you, did you? But if you're already walking, knowing that you're accepted in the beloved, knowing that, that God the Father sent his son to die on the cross for you to be everything that you need, wealth, health, poverty, everything, prosper, everything that you need, you'll stop looking at I'm saying you'll because I'm, he's bringing me out of it. Every time I do something that is, that is me walking in the fear of rejection, he's talking about, ooh, what was that? I'm like, I didn't realize that. That's what I was doing. I didn't realize. He said, the moment you accept rejection, you get on rejection and you ride. Rejection is meant to be a vessel. You get on it. You ride out on it, but it's not supposed to ride you. That's right. You get on it and understand that I'm already rejected. So let me tell you, you are in perversion. You can declare whatever God wants you to say when you're not concerned about rejection. It says when you go ahead and accept rejection, the thing, things will begin to move faster in your life because you don't have the weight of people. Okay, so how do I get out of rejection? He says, know that you are already accepted in the beloved. That's Ephesians 1, uh, 3 through 6. I'm going to wind it on down so y'all can look it up yourselves. It says, receive, he said, receive God's perfect love. When you receive God's perfect love, you automatically go in boldness. You become that lion of Judah that he's already called you to be. You can be in the mall. You can be in the highways. You can be wherever. And when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I need you. Okay, where are we going? What are we going to do? And you won't think. I remember when we, it was a concert at um, a, a, a church over in Tampa. 
And I went, and um, I was standing there with Miss Jaquetta, if she was here. And we were standing there together, and the Lord says, turn around and tell them they will not lose their house. Angela, turn around and tell them they will not lose their house. Excuse me. Now, I, my mouth is pretty big. <laughs> but when I tell you it crept out of my mouth, God says, you won't lose your house. These people started screaming, leaping, jumping, rejoicing. They were just, oh my goodness, you heard them over the singing. But if I wouldn't have told them, they wouldn't have had hope. Our job is to edify the body of Christ. So when we're walking in the fear of rejection, it stops us. It quenches us. Yes, Dad. So going to Maine. Maine. When you get to the point where you're people-pleasing, and I told you, usually the person that you're, you're trying to people please, you usually end up offended by them. And next thing you know, you separate yourself from everybody, from the body. Next thing you know, you go into a church where you know good and well. This is not word. They done wrote some stuff up themselves. And they preaching it, singing it, and you joking to it. Now you know good and well. But here, we know we get strong meat. I done been back there 50 million times. I'm like, oh, pastor is being rude. <laughs> and my husband's like, oh, pastor is being rude. But I needed that. I needed that. I needed that. But I could have been offended, left like some did, and missed out on the promises learning about the promises that God has for me, learning about where he wants me to go, learning about what he wants me to do, learning about the prosperity that God has for me. God, yes, Dad, I hear that. He said, success is imminent. For everybody in this house, you, if, if we could understand the magnitude on Exceeding Grace Christian Center, the mantle that rests on Exceeding Grace Christian Center, we would be like, okay, I got to tune in. I got to listen to this. What did he say? No, I can't afford to be offended by that. I got to hear this. I got to lock in. I got to make sure I don't go anywhere because there is a mantle that is on this house that is taking us so far up. He says, I'm going to make you all signs and wonders. He says, I'm going to make you signs and wonders. He says, I'm going to lift you all up so high. They're going to say, well, I know I didn't make them rich. Did you? No, they didn't. Well, did she get it at a job? No, they didn't do it. He said, well, and then they have your attention. You have their attention and you're able to declare. But if you got rejection, the fear of rejection on the inside of you, that devil, you got to remember that just like we're willing vessels to be used in this kingdom, there are willing vessels that will be used outside in that world and they will come up against you. They will come up against you. And to start to close this out, Proverbs 16, 7. 
It says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. The Lord woke me up and he said, Angie, your problem is not your enemies. I said, what? He said, he started, he started the scripture. He said, Angela, when a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even. And I, with my Bible self, yes, his enemies at peace with him. He said, I didn't, I didn't go that far. So he started again, early in the morning too. He said, when a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even. He said, Angela, your issue is not with your enemies because you can care less about your enemies. He said, your issue is in that word, even. So I looked up the word, and it's an adverb. Adverb. It says, to use as, to indicate something smaller than. So the enemies are the small situation in here. In even is your family. It's your husband that's not saved yet. It's your wife that's not saved yet. It's your child that is acting like they demon possessed because they ain't gave their life to Christ. He said, in that is even. But if you please me. If you please me. My man and woman of God will be pleased with me. Because remember, they're, they're seeking after God. They're wanting God. And guess what? When you're doing what God called you to do, whether you're the big toe, the spleen, the earlobe, the tonsil, whatever you are, when you're doing what you were designed to do, he said, I called you the body of Christ. I've called you the body of Christ. You're not looking at the totality of the body of Christ. There is a heart. There are fingers. We're looking at everything like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just. That's why when he's preaching about these divine nine that we have to prepare like he prepares. Once we get reject fear of the fear of rejection out of us, we can operate in the capacity which God has called you to operate. He, you might just be an anointed hugger. <laughs> See, you might just be. I know it because God told me, he says, I need you to go up to the altar where that person is and I want you to hug them. I walked up and I grabbed them and they dropped. And I had to try to figure out how we gonna get down to this ground with a skirt on. That was wow. But it was power in what I, he told me to do. It was power in that small thing that he told me to do. So I said all of that to say you're accepted. You're accepted. Do not let rejection rule you. Do not let it turn you. Do not just let God. Please God. Please God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, give God a big praise for that. Wow. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. That's, that is critical. I was telling her, I said, you know, when she was minister, I said, that's, that's what we were talking about this morning. When I was just telling y'all here a few minutes ago, when, when, you're, when you're switching kingdoms, when you're switching systems, you got to get over that fear of rejection. You got to get over fear of your family not liking you or other folk in the church not like you and now we want to hear what you got to say. No, you got to get over that because you got to go whole hog for Jesus. 
and I like the portion that we already rejected. That was a title for the night, A Bunch of Rejects. All right, look at, look at your neighbor and say, you a reject, you a reject. We're a bunch of rejects. I mean, but who, who wasn't rejected that did great things? Moses? Rejected. Joseph? Rejected. David? Reject Jesus. They were all rejected. And so if you don't, if you're not willing to be, be rejected, then you can never accomplish the uh, wonderful things that God has for us to do in our lives. So um, take that to heart. We appreciate that word. Amen. Great job. Great job. And, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll run with that. Amen. All right. Next coming to us tonight to uh, finish us. Uh, tonight, I've invited a young man to come and minister to us. He is new to our church, and but not new to the kingdom of God. And I've asked him to take a moment, since most of us aren't familiar with him, to just talk a few minutes about just his testimony, and uh, then just share with us the word the Lord has put on his heart for us to receive. Will you all please stand and receive uh, Brother Rashawn Riley as he comes and minister to us tonight? Amen. I thank God for Jesus. Amen. 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 Somebody say Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. How long would it be Lord? Forever. Forever. <laughs> Amen. When I, when I think of the word Lord, I'm reminded of a landlord. One who owns a piece of land. Property. And one thing about the landlord, he can do whatever he want to do to that land. He ain't got to come over there and say, hey, I'm coming to put some grass down. I'm coming to paint the house. I'm coming to do some plumbing. He just finna tell you, hey, I'm on my way. He ain't asking, can I? He's saying, I'm on my way. And you can't just go in there and paint no house by yourself without first getting with him. Same thing with God being, Jesus being Lord. Amen. It's his land, so let him do what he desires to do with it. Amen. Amen. Hey, man, I thank God for you all. I thank God for our pastors, Pastor Kim, Pastor John. Hey, man, for all of you who've welcomed me with love. Hey, Amen. And because of your love, hey, amen, how do you know that, man, the gifts, the nine that he's been talking about? That's how it's going to work in your life. That's how you're going to see the gifts manifested because the gifts operate by faith and faith work of by. So the love that you show, hey, amen, it's going to increase those gifts that we've been hearing about. Amen. 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 I thank God for my brother. He's here, Marquise. Amen. Amen. It's been a while since I've seen him. About 10 years. Amen. He's in the military. Got 20 years in. Amen. Hey man, we grew up in this town, grew up in Laurel Park. Hey man, we was raised up in there. Hey man, then uh, we spend, it, it, it's of great significance that God will bring me back here 
to this area because we spent a lot of our days right crossing that field right there. My great grandma, Alberta Berry, she had a house over there. My uncle, Herbert Berry, he had a house over there. So it was a lot of days spent right cross from this church right there crossing that field right there. It used to be houses and roads and man, that's where we spend a lot of our time at. And man, I grew up in the church. I started up under, uh, my family started up under Pastor Garrett. Uh, Mount Zion and I transitioned and I began to operate at, in the youth at Bethel Metropolitan and a lot of things went on during those times that would push a man away and man it got to the point and I know this because my mama spoke this to me it got to the point that when I got of age my mama was like hey you don't have to go to church no more and my mama told me that that was the biggest regret that she had in life Amen. The tell a man, a tell a child, and this is important for us, that, man, we never get to the point where our children have a choice to serve God. The Bible declares that train up a child in the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Train him up in Jesus. Amen. And when he's old, he shall not depart from it. Amen. One thing about training, I'm pretty sure that some of you can agree with me, whether you got jobs here or jobs there, that man, there's always training. Training never stops. Amen. So if we train up a child in the way that he should go and when he's old, he never he would not depart from it. That means that we continue to train them up. Hallelujah. So I got to the point to where I deviated. Uh, I got off course from singing in the choir, from ushering, from young disciple and all that stuff. And I began to fall off the streets and it led me to a place that, well, man, I end up in Louisiana. And I was facing 15 years and I asked the lawyer, I say, hey, what's up with the 15 years? Should I take it or do we got a chance? He said, we got a 70% chance of winning. I'm pretty sure we're going to get them. And that the charge is going to be dismissed. Well, we lost. And for the next three weeks, I hear life sentence because of my priors that I had. I, I went to prison one time here and they added all those up. So for the rest, for three weeks, I hear life sentence, life sentence, life sentence, 35 to life. We're going to habitualize you 35 to life. And I'm telling Lord, this ain't the life that you told me when you said a life sentence that you that I have a life sentence. This ain't the life sentence that you told me. The life sentence that you told me, I seen greater. And God took the, the life sentence off and they said 30. I said, oh, 30 is still too long. I can't do 30. So the brother breaking it down, he like, man, look, you do 40, 47%. So I'm like, hey, that's still double jizzy. That's still too much, though. So, so the man of God, he said, man, look, what, you, what, what can you take right now? What, what's good for you? So I said, man, I could do anything in single digits. So, <laughs> for real. So, man, they come back, they say 20. So at first I'm like, 20? I can't spell 20. So he said, look, we pray for single digits. You're doing 47% of your time. 47% of your time is nine years, two months. So I say, okay, okay, let me pray on this thing. I seek the Lord, and the Lord gave me a peace within. And I say, you know, I'm going to take the 20. I'm going to do nine years, two months, okay? Looking at my release date, my release date is 
uh, May 10th, 2019. And man, I came to the point in prison that what God began to, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Man, my mama wrote me, and every time she wrote me, every week, sometimes two or three times a week, she'll send me a card, she'll send me a little paper, and it got the smiley face on the bottom, they smile, Jesus love you, and they have scriptures. And my mama ministered the grace of God to me, to her best ability that she can, from what she was ministered grace to, because you can only speak what you believe. So she spoke grace to me, and that was the foundation that got me back on course. And then with my time in prison, man, I begin, I never forget, I'm mowing the yard. And I hear somebody calling me, calling me, calling me. I'm like, man, what's going on? So I, I'm still mowing, but I'm like, yeah, what's up? And I look back, it was nobody. And I heard it again. And I say, yeah, what's up? And I say, okay, Lord, what are you saying? And he said, do you love your son? I say, yes. He said, if your son was lost, would you want somebody to bring him back to you? And I said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, you know that. And this was April 25th, 2011. And he said, well, bring my children back to me. And from that day on, God launched me into my ministry where I began to minister the gospel behind the walls in prison. To God elevated me from, from cutting the grass at the church to God allow me to minister to the youth. And when he took me from that and elevated me from glory to glory, to faith to faith, and he began to give me promotions in the kingdom, man, God allowed me to pastor two churches in prison. Oh. Oh. Hallelujah. And God will bring, i never forget, I'm filing my paperwork in court. And it's 2015 in the First Circuit, they accept my paperwork and say, look, we found fault in your case that the, the search was illegal. And man, I'm, I'm at Angola, and I'm there. <laughs> Believe it or not, Angola is one of the peacefulest prisons in the world. Hey man, Angola has about 36 church fellowships over there. They got a thousand member uh, chapel and it stay filled. Angola is a place that man, the love of God is shown there. The gospel is spread it every day. And I'm there, and man, I'm at a leadership conference. Man, and God said this. God said, "Look, do you trust me?" I said, "You know, I trust you, Lord. I've been walking this thing now, man. Minister the gospel, and I'm doing your work." He said, "Well, don't file that paper." And I say, this is my thing. <laughs> I, I'm finna come up out of here. You say, don't file the paper. He say, don't file it. He said, it took you five years to get that thing uh, granted. He said, and if it take five more years, that's gonna be over your time that you're doing. He said, look, I'm gonna do, it, do this thing for you. Throw the papers away. So I throw the papers away. Everybody like, man, you going crazy. <laughs> so man, God, I never forget, this began my prayer of Joseph. I said, God, I need the same favor that Joseph had, that man, you could create a law, a, a mechanism that will release 
me. I need that same favor that you can just release me back to society because there's a demand for me in the earth realm. That was a demand for Joseph. So the natural had to line up with the supernatural and release Joseph. Hallelujah. November 1st, 2011, they released me. A law came out. And man, I, I was praying for years, me and a group of men, and man, I, I, I'm reminded of Saul that, man, look, it was a thousand of us got released. Everybody wasn't saved. Everybody wasn't serving the Lord, but it was a thousand of us. And Saul and Paul, um, Paul and Silas is in prison praying, two men. But the Bible declares that everybody was released. And God was just showing me the power that dwells within the believer that man look because of you and because of the man for you in the, the earth realm because I got the freedom in order to free you so you could do my work so you could do my will so you could be a testimony of my goodness that you could be a testimony of my grace that you could be a testimony of my mercy hallelujah somebody say Jesus is Lord amen if you have your Bibles turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 15. Amen. We won't be there long. Amen. We're going to get the word. And man, we're just going to push out after we get the word. Amen. Amen. Y'all read with me. Take a deep breath and just read because we need to read verses 1 through 10. Amen. 1, 2, 3. Read. Moreover, brethren. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you receive, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you. Blessed is I believe in vain. For I deliver unto you, first of all, that which I also receive, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas in the twelve. And after that, he was seen above five hundred thousand. Among the greater part remain until his present, but some are falling asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as one born in due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not need to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they are. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. Amen. Father God in heaven, Lord, we bless your name. We thank you for who you are, Father God, that you are all that we need. We don't need no additives. We don't need to add nothing with you, but you're more than enough. Lord, we thank you for your word that it sanctifies, that it saves us, that it transforms us into the very image and likeness of who you are, Father God. We thank you that our identity is found in you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you, and we magnify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree, say amen. 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 If I can tonight, I will speak to you from the topic matter of I am what I am because of you. And it's, it's personal. Say that I am what I am 
because of you. Amen. Say it's personal. Amen. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, Pastor Kim or Pastor John, your salvation, who you are in Christ Jesus. Man, it has to do with him. It's between you and him. Amen. And I asked the Lord, I say, why you give me a, a subject matter such as this? I say, why you don't give me something, you know, our prosperity, God? <laughs> why you don't give me something like that? Why you don't give me divine nine? Or why you don't give me he motions or uh, kingdom man or something like that? Why you don't give me woman thou art loose? But you'll give me a subject to deal with this. And God said, because it's personal. He's saying it lines up with what's been going on. We've been taught here and been teaching about, since I've been here, purpose and grace. We've been teaching about uh, the year of manifestation. We've been taught about uh, the divine nine. And all this that we've been taught about, pastor has been, the Lord has been using pastor to show us who we are and what we are. Amen. Because pastor declared to us already that, hey, there's no bench warmers in the kingdom, right? In fact, there ain't even no bench. So if it ain't no bench and there's no bench warmers, then that means that, man, I must be in the game. Hallelujah. So that means if I'm in the game, then I have a role in the game. But if I don't know my role in the game and if I don't act according to my role, then, man, I never live up to be who I'm destined to be. How many of you know that God has destined you for greatness? I am what I am because of you. Paul is the one that penned this epistle, right? And Paul began to give some things and begin to talk some things. And he gets down to verse 5 and he said that he was seen of Peter and then of the 12 and then seen above 500 brethren at once whom the greater part remained until this present, but some are falling asleep. After that, he was seen of James. Then of all the apostles, he's saying, last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. And I would ask myself, I say, Paul, look, how you seen Jesus and you came after the cross? And the natural mind, man, and the, the average Joe, he'll say, look, that's why I don't believe that stuff. There. That part of the Bible ain't real. He'll say that the, the author made a mistake. But how many of you know that the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, he don't make no mistakes? Hallelujah. Paul would go on and he would get to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and, and, and Paul and we're in the, the passion translation right Paul he wants it to be known Paul asked some questions here he said am I not completely free and unrestrained and what he says he said am I not a apostle haven't I had my own personal encounter with our Jesus face to face and continue to see him? See, that's the thing. Your progression is in the continue to see him. You'll never go from glory to glory, the faith to faith, if you just stop at seeing him. I got to continually see him. We must see Jesus. And there's a need to see Jesus, and, and, and the reason for us seeing Jesus, Paul puts it down in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. See, this is the reason why you need to see Jesus. He say, And these things, brethren, 
I have in figure transferred to myself and to Apollos from for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of man above that which is written, that you be not know it's second Corinthians four and six. It should be in the passion too. I mean, no, the, the New Living Translation. He said, For God who said, Let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine well. In our hearts. And why did he do this? Hallelujah. So, and the reason why Paul can state that, man, I've seen Jesus, and the reason why Paul can state when we see later that he's greater than them all, that he labored more abundantly than them all, because Paul has seen Jesus, and when you see Jesus, you see the glory of God. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses asks God, he said, man, look. God said, look, I'm finna pass before you, I'm finna take care of that thing. Moses say, look, if you ain't going, don't send me. Because I know, man, that look, without you, I'm nothing. See, we ought to get to a place to where we understand that without him, we're nothing. Moses, he said, I need to see your face. Now, Moses don't seen all the works of God, even from when he was born. A decree went out saying, hey, kill them all. And here it is that uh, Pharaoh's daughter, uh, Moses' mother, will put Moses inside an ark of bulrush. When you see the ark, it's, it's three arks in the Bible. And all three of them symbolize the grace of God. The rainbow of Noah time, the grace of God. The ark of bulrush is with Moses. A saving place, saving grace, a place of God. And the ark of covenant, the presence of God, is all the grace of God. And they put him inside the, the ark of bulrushes. God's favors on Moses' life. Mo Moses flee. And he goes on the run. And we know that man, look, Moses is here for a while. So, Moses, it, 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 I'm pretty sure that Moses being around this mountain before that he came to when he seen this fire, this bush, this fire, a fire. This ain't his first time going there. He's familiar with the territory. But the angel of the Lord or the messenger of the Lord, he declares that, man, look, put your shoes off for this is holy ground. See, the only thing that made it holy was because, man, the presence of the Lord was there. The only thing that makes you or makes me holy is because the presence of the Lord is here. Amen. It's not because of our praying. It's all that is good. That's a byproduct of the holiness of his presence. That's a byproduct. Amen. It's not because, man, look, we sang hymns or we sang that. That's a byproduct. It's not because we preach this gospel. It's a byproduct. But the thing that sets us apart, the thing that sanctifies us, the thing that makes us sacred is because the presence of the Lord is here. When you add, take Jesus out there crazy, man, use the average Joe. You get a man up here with a college education, man, he, he got his doctors and theology, and he ain't got no Jesus, man, he ain't working with nothing. But you get a man up here Man who got a GED, who got a third grade education, I know because I seen them in prison. Guys with third grade education, full of the Holy Ghost, and make those, those dudes that come in, them folks that come in, look like nobodies. Why? Because the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. How many of you know that information can't mess with revelation? 
There's a whole lot of folks preaching information out there, got no revelation, got no power. They got big congregations, but man, their congregation is just toe up from the flow up. They and you know how? Because they're still singing them same old songs I used to sing. They still saying that, man, look, I am what I am because of you. They still saying that I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody. He told me that I was a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. He declared to me that, man, I'm ahead and not to tell. Hey, he goes on and he tell me that, man, we are kings, man. They still singing them songs, talking about something. I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. When the Bible declared that, man, speak to the mountain and tell it, be thy removed. Amen. But when you got information, you got no revelation, you'll be singing that song too, that this little light of mine. And the Bible declares that I, I'm a city on a hill that cannot be hid. Hallelujah. Here it is that God tells Moses, say, look, Look, Moses, Moses asked this. Moses don't see God use him in the earth realm to set people free from bondage. And God and Moses say this, Lord, let me show me your face. Show me your face. And God said, man, look, you can't see all this and live. You can't see all this and live. But here it is that we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that the Bible declares that all of that dwells in me. All of that is in the face of Jesus Christ. That when I see Jesus, I see his glory. What do you mean? When I see Jesus, I see his honor. When I see Jesus, I see healing. When I see Jesus, I see deliverance. When I see Jesus, I see prosperity. When I see Jesus, I see all of heaven. And all of that dwells in me. Hey Amen. Can I give you something right quick? The Bible declares in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, and God gave me this one night, man, when I'm sitting down, and the Bible declared that seek ye first what? And his righteousness. Hallelujah. But then the Bible goes on to tell me that the kingdom comes not with observation, but the kingdom as well. See, the problem with the believer is that, man, I need to seek what God has placed in me. And when I begin to get a revelation, I get a knowledge of what God placed in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then, man, my life will transform. I go from glory to glory to faith to faith, but it's in me seeing Jesus and him in me. Look at your neighbor. Tell your, tell your neighbor you look good. Hallelujah. And you ain't look good because of this. I look good because he's in me. I wasn't like this when I came home. My sister, she picked on me. Hey, bro, you put on a couple extra pounds. I got one that called me the pop belly preacher. But I be saying, man, look. If you just look down and see this spirit, man, man, he flexed up. Man, he looking all good. See, you looking on the outward man. The outward man is passion, but my inward man is being renewed, and this thing happened daily. I know what I might look like to you, but God looked down and smiled and said, Jesus. Hallelujah. I am what I am 
Pastor Kim told us that, man, we transition from sons to what? Hallelujah. Children of God. It's a transition. I know I, I look like this today, but tomorrow, as long as I'm sitting up, see, this is the key. I need to first sit up on the new covenant teaching. Something that's going to show me Jesus and not only show me Jesus, but show me, me in Jesus. The Bible declares in Colossians chapter 3, I believe it's verse 3. He said that, man, look, we are dead and our life is, is hid in him. So I need to look at Jesus so I can see who I am. Because my life, my identity, the person who I am, it say my real life, I think it's in the Amplified. He said my real life is hid in Christ. So in order for me to see who I am, that man, look, I'm more than a conqueror. That man, look, I ain't just been saved, but I've been called. I know you might see me as just the ordinary Joe, but the kingdom of heaven see me as a preacher, as a teacher, as a pastor, as an apostle, as a prophet, as an evangelist. This is how the kingdom see me. But if I never get in the face and behold his glory, then I never know that. See, it's two ways that people sin. I learned this. Two ways people sin. Two ways that people live a life that's unpleasing to God. The first one is willingly. And the second is ignorantly. That's why in the beginning God said, don't eat. Don't eat of that. I need you to be pure like a baby because a baby don't have no knowledge. But once you partake of this thing and you have knowledge of this thing, now you're accountable. You're no longer doing it ignorantly. And the reason why the body of Christ, they do it ignorantly is because of the, the teachers. It's because the ones that's teaching them. They're not concerned about pleasing the kingdom. They're not concerned about God's sole purpose that man look. When I look down in the earth realm, nobody created man. When I look down in the earth realm, I want to see my reflection. I want to see my image being re reflected in the earth realm. That's my sole purpose. That's why I filled you with Jesus right now. So when I look down, I can see myself. God looked down on the earth rim and see y'all, see me, and man, he, it's like he looking in the mirror. Look at myself. I look so good. <laughs> Paul understood this. Paul say, man, look. Paul say in verse 9, I am the least of the apostles. He said that I am neat, I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Y'all know what Paul did. He cut up and ate the food. Paul said he did it ignorantly. He said, but the, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. He said, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Who are Paul talking about when he said I labored more abundantly than they all? Everybody from verse 6 on down. I, Peter, he did his thing. But man, I went harder than Peter. Look, he said, man, look. Them 500, they did their thing, but I went harder than them. The apostles, they did their thing, but I went harder than them. Because, man, look, I got before the face of Jesus. And the face of Jesus, the Bible declares that in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I believe it's verse, I mean, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The only reason Paul can be who he is, the only reason you can be who you is, 
when you get before the glory of God. He said, but we all with an open face beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even by the spirit of the Lord. Paul said, when I look at Jesus in his face and I see the glory, the glory changed me. The glory of God. What is the glory of God? Hey, I got to give you this. Let's let, Exodus. Because we'll look at it. Exodus chapter 3. You ain't got to turn that, but just hear me when, when he say, show me your glory. <laughs> God say, look, if you look at the, the, the word show, it's raw in, in, in the Hebrew. And it's not your average. It means to have an experience. It means to enjoy. So when Moses was saying that, Moses like, man, look, I don't seen all your work you've done, but I need to see the one behind the work. I need to see your face. Look, when you, when you want to pull up on your wife or your husband, you want to pull up on the woman or the man that you end up marrying, before you marry them, you say, man, I want to come see you, baby. <laughs> you want just time about no average, hey, let me see your face. Man, I want to see you. I want to experience you. I want to enjoy you. I don't care if it's a hug. I don't care if it's a peck on the cheek. I don't care if it's just holding your hand and letting you know how I feel about you. That's what Moses was saying. Moses said, look, I want to experience you. I want to enjoy you. Show me your glory. Show me who you is because, man, it's in the, in the glory that, man, we are changed. Paul said, look, this here. And, and, and verse 10, Paul said, I labor more abundantly than they all. Then Paul had to correct this thing. Because I realized that, yeah, God had me doing some things, but I realized that I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I. But the grace of God that's in me. For it is God which working in me both to will and to do of his... The Amplified, he said he gives me the desire and the power to will and to do of his good pleasure. God has given me the desire, Paul say, and he's given me the power to do it. It's his dunamis. It's his juice that got me moving like this. It ain't because of me. I'm doing this thing and man, look, heaven is smiling down on me, but I realize that the real source behind what is going on in the earth realm is him. And look, we, we already know that looking at the, the, the word grace, Pastor touched on it, and we realized that grace is what? The divine ability, the divine empowerment working in us, right? The Amplified says, it say, I mean, uh, the Strongs, it talks about it, say, of the manner of act. It says, especially the divine influence upon, a one, upon one's heart or the heart and its reflection in the life. That's what grace does. Grace works on the inside and produce on the outside. See, and that's what purpose and grace is trying to get us to. First, I'm trying to let you know that, man, you got a purpose, that God has a plan for your life. And then the man of God trying to let us know that, man, look, 
You ain't got to do nothing. All you got to do is sit back and enjoy the ride. Man, grace is going to work through you and produce this thing. Grace is going to work on the inside. And, man, everybody going to be looking, saying, man, what happened? Because, man, something new has happened on the outside. That's the reflection. That's the glory. The glory is the reflection of God. And, man, look, God wants to work on the inside. Glory coming on the inside of us. And, man, working on the outside. And every time somebody sees us, say, my God, look at the glory of God on this man or this woman of God. Man, God is working in his life. God is working in their life. Man, and you got to understand, see, this is where the church go wrong. This is where a lot of believers struggle at. Hear me now. A lot of believers struggle because they think that grace is a thing. It's not a person. They think that grace is something I could just come pick up. And man, I can get this thing and come back over here and be like, man, look, grace don't took care of that. They think grace is something that I can put on. That's why if it suits yourself, <laughs> hallelujah. If it suits you, and I don't, I, you ain't gonna never hear me see, say, <laughs> in my five years of ministering the gospel, my help coming on. Cause man, when the heck did I take it off? <laughs> I don't need my help to come on because my help never came off. Just like the armor of God, I don't need to put it on. I already got it on. I just, it, it's the mind that deals with me that, that makes me think that, man, I got to go, I got to go over here, man, start praying and fasting, man, and put my gospel preparation of peace on, put my shield on, put my breastplate on. I put my helmet on. I got to go over here, man. I'm going on a 10-day fast. And we go to praying and believing that, man, this is what I got to do. When God's saying, look, I put it on you. Now get in the spirit and operate in the spirit like you are. I want to see the kingdom of heaven revealed in the earth realm. And I can't see it unless you reveal it to me. How can heaven, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? How can it be done unless it be done through us? The glory, his reflection come on the inside, work on the inside of us. And then God looked down and said, man, look, that's them. That's my people. That's me. Look at me in the earth realm. Grace. It's not a thing. It's a person. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 11. The Passion Translation, I believe it is. Paul lays it out that, man, look. Y'all got the... Paul lays it out, man, I don't need you thinking that grace is something. I need you to understand who grace is. He say, read with me. He say, God marvelous and manifested. And what? Hold on. So grace ain't something. Grace is somebody. And look what, look, once the church get this, then they can do all that chapter 12 talks about. He's saying, look, once you realize that grace has manifested in person, bringing salvation to everyone, he said, then this will happen. This same grace teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on gun godliness and indulging lifestyles. And it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, godly life in this 
See, when I understand that grace is a person, that grace went through all this for me and that grace now dwells on the inside of me. When I understand that I have a kingdom which cannot be moved, let me have grace. God has given me grace that I cannot be shaken, that I can serve God with reverence, acceptable and with godly fear. Once I realize who grace is and what grace is doing on the inside of me, when I realize that, man, God loved me so much, that's why. I don't know about the next person, but when I partake of the supper, man, you're going to always hear me say, mmm, because, man, he's good. He's been good to me. I had a life sentence on my head, but he delivered me. So my worship might be different from the average Joe because I realize what grace has done to me. My worship might be different from the average Joe because I realize, man, that grace is working on the inside of me, producing on the outside what nobody else could do. My pastors couldn't do this for me. My mama and all her good mores and, man, all the good things that she taught me, she couldn't do this for me. I know because man I've seen all these things tried in my life and it didn't work but till I realized who grace was <laughs> Pastor Kim say it's personal you better believe it's personal I am what I am because of you ain't got nothing to do with you you or you it got to do with me and him this thing is vertical it ain't horizontal I close my eyes and lift my hands in worship because this thing is vertical. There's a thing for corporate, there's a time for corporate worship that's horizontal, but there's also a time where God has me in my life right now where this thing is vertical. I realize that I am who I am. Who are you? Some may ask. Who do you think you is? Ain't who I think I am. I know who I am because, man, when I get before the face, when I get before his word, it shows me who I am. All that heaven is dwells on the inside of me. That's why I can decree a thing. The Bible declared that God commanded this thing. We got to start commanding some things. Sister say she laid hands and commanded that that thing be loose because she know who she is. See, when you get, when you get, man, when you know your authority when you know your identity you can live like that you can live in the spirit you, the, the, the divine nine will uh, be nothing but nine of you if you never know who you is if you never get to know your purpose if you never know what dwells on the inside of you people say this hey you could take him out the hood but you can't take the hood out of them I challenge that put grace on the inside of them and see what happened grace in hood gone Hallelujah. Look what Jesus had him in mind. Sister was right there too. John chapter 17, verse 17. Your word is truth. So make them holy by the truth. I have commissioned them to repent, to represent me. What God is, what Jesus said he did? To do what? So in the earth realm, Jesus said, man, look, every place you go, in the hospitals, at the nursery homes, at the schools, 
Wherever God may have you at, man, Jesus said, look, represent. He's saying, now I dedicate myself to them as, whole, as a holy sacrifice, though, that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be holy. Let's go to 17, 24. Let's keep going down to 24. He said, Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the time began. That was good, but I, I think I'm looking for John chapter uh, 14. When Jesus talk about something, because sometimes we can believe that Jesus is over here, Holy Spirit there, and God over there. And we struggle because we're we trying to figure out, man, I hear this man saying that, man, the, the Holy Spirit in me, and then I hear this one saying that Jesus is me. 14, it say, do not worry or surrender to the fear, for you've believed in God, and I trust and believe also in me. Keep going. My Father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly, because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. And you already know the way to where to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you're going. So how could we know the way there? Jesus explained, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes next to the father except through the union with me. To know me is to know the Father too. He's saying, from now on, you will realize that you have seen him and experienced him. Philip spoke up, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be all that we need. Jesus replied, Philip, I've been with you all this time, and you still don't know who I am. How could you ask me to show you the Father for anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father? Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Hear me. God allowed me to pastor two churches in prison. And I was there for uh, set almost eight years, right out eight years. <clears throat> Pastor for five years. And still, I walked with some of these brothers, and they still didn't know who I was. I walked with some of them for three, four years, and they still didn't know who I was. They were trying to figure out who I was. And the, uh, God had told me the reason, this is what happens in church a lot of time. When you have a a new pastor come in, or when things transpire in church, this is what people do. People accept the pastor, but they don't receive him. 
And because I, I, I never received them, the, uh, they got the serenity prayer that said, man, accept the things I can't change. I can't change Pastor John being the pastor. So I just got to accept this thing. But when you receive who he is, then you receive all that God has placed on him and in him. You can walk with him and man, you don't be talking about, I don't know who he is. You won't be over here because I experienced it. I experienced churches from the outside and man, look, come in and be jealous of the brothers from the inside because man, look, they're not familiar with this type of teaching. To them, they say, man, these dudes speaking some crazy stuff. And they walked with me and walked with me and they did not know me. And God said, man, the reason they don't know you because they don't really know me. They don't really know me. They ain't full. They, <laughs> truth be told, some of them ain't even saved. They ain't got grace on the inside of them. So grace ain't going to allow them to operate in love like you can still operate in love. They be hating you. Talk about you and all type of stuff, but you still love because grace won't allow you to hate. Grace recognize grace. Test the spirit by the spirit. The, the Bible declares that, man, look, Jesus in the spirit is the same. In fact, Jesus said, look, when I go, I'm going to send another comforter. And when you look it up, I long paracletos. Hey, <laughs> I said paracletos one time when I was ministering. This man came out of service of God, dropped the word on me, and I delivered it, dropped it off. I come out of church. He said, man, look. You said paracletos, it's paracletos. I said, well, praise God then. <laughs> so paracletos or paracletos, whatever you want it to be. It means, look, another of the same kind. So Jesus saying, look, I ain't giving you no anything. I'm going to give you another of the same kind, the spirit of grace that dwells in me. And when you get revelation of that, man, look, you can realize that, man, look, I am what I am because of you it's personal so man I just want to encourage you here tonight that man you'll begin to see yourself how, how heaven see you I know how your auntie or your uncle your brother your sister your friend they might see you toe up from the floor up but the kingdom of heaven they see you just God look down he see you just like him I change from glory to glory I just need to get in the face of Jesus and look at him a little bit more because when I look at him I'm gonna say I'm going to know how I look. Man, Pastor Kim was up here and she said this. She said, when they took the family pictures, what? <laughs> They've been around each other for so long that, man, we're looking alike. When you behold Jesus in the, the mirror, you start looking alike. You can declare that, man, I am what I am because of you. I'm a byproduct of you. I had a, a, a blood transfusion. I got the DNA now. I'm just like you. I'm a, I'm, I'm a child. I'm, I'm children. One thing about a children, the child, the child has the same name, and not only does he have the same name, he's a joint heir. He had the same rights. Everything that Jesus got, you got. But if I don't believe that, the Bible declared that man, I speak because I believe. I believe, therefore I speak. I just need to believe and see that. So if you get nothing else, know that, man, you are who you are, and it's only because of Jesus. It ain't because of your good looks. ain't because of your preaching. ain't because of your praying. 
you take Jesus out the equation, you ain't working with nothing. But I put him in the equation, everything changes. So be encouraged and know that, man, you ain't no bench warmer. You ain't a nobody trying to tell everybody. You all that Jesus is. I am because of who I am, because of you, and it's personal. Amen. You be blessed. Praise God. Come on, give God a great hand tonight for that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wonderful job. Wonderful job. Sit down just a minute. Praise the Lord. Wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful. I had so much joy uh, meeting with Rashawn uh, several weeks ago. Came off as we sat down and talked for quite some time and he shared his testimony with me and uh, just verified those of you who have been here for a while, you've, you've heard uh, Pastor Bumpus uh, preaching here. And that uh, just reminded me a whole lot of Pastor Bumpus. But also, uh, Pastor Bumpus talked about how the greatest revival happening in America is happening in the prisons. And so when I heard his testimony, I just, I knew it. as just verification. And uh, to hear about the churches that are set up. You know, like Pastor Kim saw, you said, we here in Angola. You think, Angola? It's the worst one in the world. But God's doing something. God's moving. And uh, we're glad that uh, God released you, Rashawn, and back out here in the, in the world to do his business. Amen? And we are with you. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, give uh, Angie as well. Give them both a big hand tonight. Wonderful job. See, one of the things that happens when you come out of prison and you're going to go minister, you've got to deal with the fear of rejection. Because people, they all gonna kind of look at you funny and you know all that kind of stuff. No, no, none of that. This is a fear-free zone. We've already always declared that you don't have to fear anything here. And uh, we we are just just so grateful for those people that God has added to this ministry. He's doing His work. I just want to say something here uh, that came to me. It came to me Sunday when Pastor Kim was ministering, but that's just now as as uh, uh, Brother Rashawn was closing out, he he hit this scripture and. It's important in Romans 8. I want to read this to you here. Romans 8, verse uh, 14. As men as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. To fear, Angie. But you, have, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, or Father, Father. Okay? Now watch verse 16. It says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So you, you, don't, you can't identify your being a child of God without the Spirit of God bearing this witness in you. And so if we don't spend that time in God's presence, in, in his word, in his uh, walk in the Spirit, you don't, that's why most, most Christians have no, no real identity with their sonship. They're saved. They know they're going to heaven, but they have no real identity with their sonship because the Holy Ghost has to bear witness with your spirit that you that we are children of God. Are you following this here? Okay. so I believe for us, we've done that. I'm assuming we've spent enough time with the Holy Ghost for him to bear witness. You understand that? What I mean when it says bear witness? 
other words, he, he is that constant reminder. You know who you are. You're a child of God. That's why we don't act like that. That's why we don't live like that. That's why we don't talk like that. We don't dress like that. We don't go those places. We don't do those things. And I'm not just talking about sin. I'm talking about we don't, we don't do that lower stuff. See, when you get this real witness, it'll change how you dress. You'll, you'll, you can't be no scraggly. See, y'all don't say, don't say nothing. Okay. You, 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 don't, you don't mind eating off real, real plates. See, y'all don't want to say nothing. Okay. You'll iron your sheets from time to time. You'll. See, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, see this? See, y'all ain't say, y'all don't like that part. But I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost really bears witness. Remember, you're talking about being a child of God. He's, he's royal. So you, you are a royal child. Princess, uh, well, I don't know, the Duchess Kate and, and William and all. They're, they're children. Those little children. They know. <laughs> Right? Something on the inside is bearing witness to their to their their royalty. Now watch this. So he says the Holy Spirit bears witness with our with our spirit that we are children of God. Verse 17. It says, and if children, then heirs. Now I want you to see something here that I never saw to Pascal's minister in this, and the Holy Ghost brought this to me. Remember, it says the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Now don't just look at it, it says. And if we're children, then we are heirs. What it's saying to us is that the Holy Spirit bears witness that we are heirs. See, the subject here is the Holy Spirit bearing witness. So he has to bear witness that we're children. Then he has to bear witness that we are heirs. All of a sudden, the more time you spend. See, we've spent enough time to realize, okay, we're children. But I need a greater revelation of that I'm an heir. See, a lot of children don't realize that they're heirs in the natural. They act like donkeys, right? But the more time I spend with the Holy Ghost, not only do, does he bear witness, okay, you're a child, but now he's going to say, hey, you're an heir. Well, when I, he tells me I'm an heir, he bears witness. Now, that still changes, okay, how, what I expect now. I don't, as an heir, I don't expect to, 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 to not have an inheritance. As an heir, I don't expect to not to, to run out. As an heir, I, I, the Bible says Jesus Christ became the heir of the whole world. He's the heir of the whole world. So, so he's gonna bear witness. Let me just hurry up, so y'all. Let me let you go. So he 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 has he's doing he's doing several things here. Bear witness that we are children. Then he bears witness that we are heirs, heirs of God. Then. He has to bear witness that you are a joint heir with Christ. The Holy Ghost is still doing his work. Grace is still doing his work. Are you seeing this here? And as he does his work, he's the one, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals, oh, you know everything in, in Jesus' account is in your account. Y'all, you, are, you, are, you, share the, you share the same account. See, I know my wife and I have a joint account. Anything that she... It don't matter. She, my wife could get an inheritance. It, it, long, the Lord's keep my mama around for a while. She don't pass. But my mama, my mama, uh, say pass and leave, leave my wife $50 million. Amen. If she puts it in that account, that's my 50. 
Are you hearing this? Because it's I'm a joint. It's a joint. I'm a joint heir. It's a joint account. And see, but that takes the Holy Spirit bearing us witness of that. That's why it's so important. We stay in His face. Because we can't. A lot of people get in His face. They they come up to the altar, get in His face enough to get saved. That's it. They don't seek His face anymore. Go on about their business. Don't seek His face anymore. But you and I are smarter than that. You and I are hungrier than that. We know that we, just like Jesus said about Paul. Paul said, I, I saw him and I still see him. I'm still, I'm continuing to see him. And the more we see him, the more he reveals our inheritance. And, and here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, he has to do it little by little. Because if he were to show you everything at one time that you have fallen heir to, You'll be slobbing and blah, 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 blah. okay, God. I mean, you, 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 you are rich, going somewhere to happen. You are healed, going somewhere to happen. That's why we. T- it's, these aren't promises; they're our realities, ladies and gentlemen. Glory to God. We walk in. Amen. Stand to your feet. We're grateful again for the Word of God tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise.